This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson. John Kime, ESPN.com is with us of course check john's great podcast the john kime report anywhere you listen to this pod also you can watch it on youtube on the empire media page so if we say Brissett's play and even if we take it down a, a slight notch from last year and just because last year was as, as well as he's played right but if that's the floor how good is this team because that that's the thing i still don't really get kind of going back to the thing i was talking about off top right is this team went eight, eight and one last year with really poor QB play for much of the season, an offensive scheme that was lackluster to say the least. And, you know, some, some injuries, but they still somehow won eight games. And that's why when, when analysts are putting them, you know, 27th or something like that, I just, I don't really get it. How, how you <clears throat> feel better about a team like a green Bay or something like that than, than this team. Um, even though I, I don't know, Jordan love might be good. We'll see. Um, but I, if, if we say that, you know, uh, Jacoby Brissett's level is the floor for the quarterback play, we add in Biennemi, they made the changes that they made on the roster elsewhere. What do we think this team, as we sit here, uh, admittedly on May 8th, like who cares, but on May 8th, what do we think this team is? And I think that's a good question. And I don't know because... <clears throat> You look at the NFC. Well, East, duh, John. It's May eighth. Come on, well, give right, us a right, little bit. Right. <laughs> I think the question is like, you know, here's so here are a couple of things. Are they right. better? Is the roster better? But I also think the a big part of this equation for this team is what's the impact of Eric Bieniemy, and because a lot of what we heard from fans, especially, and, and listen, I don't think they were necessarily wrong because they made a change at coordinator. But that was like, that's the guy holding them back. Well, now you got a different guy in there. What's his impact? And, you know, what's is, is, and like you said, the quarterback plays, not just last year, the last several years, it's been very subpar. 
And, you know, I had people tell me like, well, Taylor was average. No, he wasn't. And I, I think we all, had, I loved watching Taylor. I think he was fun and all that, but you can't say that it was average quarterback play because the metrics don't support that. So now he was fun and he had, he had really good moments and he, he was, he could be do well down the stretch of games, but it was, you know, the quarterback play has been subpar here. So, you know, how, what's the impact of whether it's Howell or Brissett, what's that impact? If, if you just get average quarterback play, you know, and, and so I, I think they're better, but there's a lot of things that we just don't, I mean, I know because it's May 8th, but like we, Biennium is new here. What's that impact? That, like, right. I, don't, I don't think you can understate what he might mean to that offense. And not just, and you know, I know Logan and I have talked about this, but it's not just from a play calling perspective. And I, when you're an offensive coordinator, there's so much more than just calling plays. And it's, it's about the confidence that you, you instill in your players in, in putting in that offense and how you react to them on the field and the attention and adherence to the details of a play. How strict are you with that? And then what's the difference in that game if you have a guy that you're getting on their butt because of details and in the game he gets it right, that's your impact. And it may not be anything that anybody sees because all we see are, oh, that's a great play caller or not. Well, the reality is it may have been the way that the guard or tackle steps on that play or the way the receiver ran the route in a detailed fashion that may have made the difference in that play or how, or the quarterback's footwork. And that's where, you know, is, is there a different adherence to that and emphasis on that? And if so, what's the impact? And so that's, those are some of the things that internally you can look and say, like, did they match what the Eagles did in the offseason? Well, in name, no. I mean, I'm not sure anybody did. The Eagles look really good. You know, they, that's a really good organization, really good. And they have a quarterback and they have this, but you know, I don't, I mean, there's a lot to be learned about this team. Yeah. And I guess just to kind of piggyback on John's point, like I was thinking about something right when he was talking, it just came to me. So there, there's a route in Kyle's offense. It's called a quick through. And basically like if you saw it on a piece of paper, you'd say it's a seam, but basically versus different coverages and different, different man looks that quick seam, that, that quick through changes, the angle changes, the position changes. And so that one route, <clears throat> excuse me, ends up kind of playing out in like an almost infinite amount of ways, but it's all under this category of quick through. And I will say like there were times last year, for example, in this offense with, with Scott Turner, where they'd be running what I would call a quick through, where you're kind of running, it's man coverage, and they're running it like it's drawn on the paper. When the, the creativity and the spark and the nuance that like a good coach brings to that route would make an easier throw for the quarterback. Right. Because the player, the, the the receiver understands that if I get outside man, I got to get over the top of the plug player, you know, the middle linebacker who's kind of in the field and then break flat because that flat angle, I can take that angle because it's man coverage. And then the quarterback's going to throw off the left ear of the Mike linebacker. We're going to get a really easy throw as opposed to me trying to outrun that player vertically and him in a trail position and making that throw really hard for the quarterback. So I do think that that level of detail, because like when you look around the league and when you watch a lot of film and John and Craig, you watch a lot of film, you know, this, the offense is, it's roughly the same. The concepts mm -hmm. are roughly the same. The, the magic, the secret sauce is in the detail that's associated with those concepts. So like, you know, do I inside release this dig? Because I know I'm on the backside of the concept and I have to show up versus cover two because the front side concept's dead. And last year, I think the big criticism that Craig and I had, and John, I've talked to you about this, is that that level of detail 
did not appear to be here. So if right. if if EB comes in and has just got a magnifying glass and all this stuff and is holding these guys to a Super Bowl caliber, you know, um, offensive standard, I think this team could be drastically different. So, but I think I think to, to your original point, Craig, that that is all projection. It's how does this group take to that coaching? It's how does Sam Howell learn the coaching? How does uh, EB insulate the offensive line? Because, you know, John and I have talked about this almost at nauseum. Like, I, I felt coming out of the draft that, like, we, you know, we, we probably should have added a tackle. We probably should have added a, a difference maker at guard. But I will say Kyle Shanahan, 2012, 2013, elevates those that, that group of playmakers because of the play calling and how he sequences plays. And I think EB has that. So, you know, Craig, you've been banging this drum for a long time. The biggest offseason addition we've had is a coordinator. And when you look around the league, look at good coordinator play and what it does. Look at Dayball in New York and look at Daniel Jones. Look at Patterson in Jacksonville. Look what it did for, for Lawrence, right? Everywhere you turn, it's like, holy cow, this guy's this, – this, the coaching brings something different. So, But I do think it's hard for analysts and fans – to project that because what if they come in and Sam Howell doesn't like the offense and Jacoby Brissett isn't quite up to snuff in terms of language because, you know, like from what I can see in the limited access I have to the team, it's going to be what they ran approximately in Kansas city, right? It's going to be very, very similar to that as opposed to some reinvention of the wheel. So how do they respond to that? And that, that I think is because there's a lot of uncertainty, it, it, it doesn't inspire odds makers. I think is part of the right. thing. You know what I mean. And and I don't and I don't blame them there, Logan. Because again, for, if you're on the outside, and it doesn't mean that we're going to be right, but I do yeah. think there's a lot of. And the other problem is, it's not like this organization has a track record of success <laughs> over the last seven years. So if you if you don't have that, you're going to be pinged for whatever decisions you yeah. make. And whereas if, if you're the Patriots and you go with Mac Jones, it's going to be like, Oh, it's Belichick. So there is, there is a difference. I think that always plays into it as well. And so I think that, you know, and the way you get past that is by you win with the decisions you make. And if you surround him with the right situation with, again, with the coaching and then the line play, is it better? And then are you, you know, how is your run game? And I always felt like one of the things they didn't have before was kind of a bread and butter run game play. Like it yeah. just felt like they really didn't have that. What was their run game identity? And I think they were developing that. And I think, you know, will will they have more of that? What's your what's your run call in third and one? Right. Yeah. Those kind of things. And and, like, and I, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's like there's a lot of little ways because we are talking like they were eight, eight and one and not we can't make it more than what it is because that was their record. But in those games, there's a couple plays in a few of those games where if the offense is a little bit better, then the season's different. Now, the other factor in this too is <clears throat> does, does Howell protect the ball? Because if he doesn't, mm-hmm. that's a problem. And I think when you go out and get an Emmanuel Forbes, you're in, in Rivera talked about this, about changing that turnover margin. Well, Forbes is a big part of that, but so is Howell. And you've yeah. got to protect the ball and not put your D in a bad situation. If he does that, then you're okay. And if not, that's where, again, Brissett, I think, is a really good backup for them because he has shown that he can take care of the ball and and do well with that. And, and it could be like a mini Alex Smith situation, right, um, if he comes in. Not that he's the, not, not necessarily the same talent, but there is some skills that he brings where it's like, you know, does that help you? And I think that's one thing he's shown. So 
That's going to be a big part of this too, Logan and Craig. Right. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast and and i just i don't think that like how is going to come in and be significantly worse than like Wentz was in that department or that heineke was by the end of the year in that department which is kind of why i'm I, I look sideways at the the 27th or whatever projections. And I get it for all the reasons that you guys said, like when it's unproven and it's all projection, you know, it's like, Oh, well they changed, you know, their offensive line wasn't very good last year. Well, they changed four of the five guys, but okay, sure. Right. Counterpoint to that is we don't know how that's going to go. Um, right. They changed coordinators. We don't know how that's going to go, right. but I do think that there's just some pretty fundamental things that if I'm doing the projecting, I, I see with an optimistic view such as, Curtis, how often Logan did last year? We talk about Curtis Samuel being like the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, there were games where he just was completely uninvolved. That doesn't happen in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill, with some of the, I mean, even like Jarek McKinnon. Like they have guys that they're like, we need to get them these specific touches each and every weekend because they're going to move the chains or, God forbid, score. And when everyone loves to point out that they only averaged 17.7 points per game last year, it's like, well, what happens if they make a concerted effort to get the ball to the guys who are good at, you know, when they have the ball? I would think they'd score more. And I think that's going to be a part of the offense. And it's kind of nuts that it wasn't last year, but it wasn't. And the the insulation of the offensive line and, and all of those things offensively. But then there's th- this this whole other wild concept that they have a defense that's really good. And that hasn't changed almost at all. For all of the projection that we have on the offensive side of the ball, they have the same defensive coordinator. They have the same defensive core. And they've hopefully added some pieces that could, if they pan out, could significantly upgrade the defense. And if not, are probably going to be similar level to what they saw last year. Those pieces being Emmanuel Forbes, but also Chase Young. Like if Chase goes out and has a good year, how much better is this defense? If not, you're playing a lot of James Smith-Williams and Casey Tuhill and guys that played last year at the level that we saw them produce at last year. Same thing, Emmanuel Forbes on the outside. If he's great, he's getting turnovers. They're, they're a totally different defense in a good way. If not, he's a rookie. He's probably getting his snaps reduced. And Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller, a.k.a. the guys that played last year, are probably out there. And I think that's my biggest, like, what is everyone talking about with this team is not the projection offensively because it can't get a lot worse than it was last year because of all the reasons everyone said. But there's a floor on this team of the defense that, to me at least, looks like it's going to be very similar 
to last year with, unless there's injuries or, you know, other unforeseen circumstances, not a lot of room to go down and a ton of room to go up. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, cause you're also getting, you know, is the D is a D line rotation strengthened with a guy like Federian Mathis back yes. in the rotation and John Ridgeway in a second year in this system, because he's not now Ridgeway's not a playmaker per se, but he'll be better in year two with this. And as a rotation guy, so your rotation is stronger. Um, what's it look like at, you know, just going back to the roster, the tight ends, how do mm-hmm. they develop is Logan Thomas. Now there's, not all these things are going to be answered in the affirmative or go the way that everybody wants it to, because it never goes like that. It rarely goes sure. like that. And I think the health is going to be always a factor, but defensively, you know, how quickly does Forbes become the playmaker they hope he is? How quickly does Quan Martin become the versatile piece they hope he is? And, you know, and what does that mean when he is? And does Cody Barton, is he any different? I mean, shoot, they didn't have Cole Holcomb for most of the year and the defense still did a nice job. So now you have a guy that probably is around the same level in Barton. Is he an ascending player or where, where, you know, we don't, and there, there are questions. And you get Jamin, you know, hopefully the Jamin that ended last year is the one that starts this year and keeps ascending because Jamin at the beginning of last year was bad. And by the end of last year, he was good. And if you get good Jamin, like that seems, I don't know, John, that seems good to me. Right. And so like, there's a lot of ways that it can go with the D, but you know, then I think you look at like, what's the schedule look like? And we'll find that out more later mm-hmm. this week. We know the teams are playing and on paper, it's it, on paper, the, the, it's a tougher schedule, but part of that is because the NFC East was so good. Um, but you know, you're also getting, you know, it's just going to be an interesting one. But again, that the, the, the schedule thing is hard because you never know how a team looks until you play them. Like you can't say in, in April or May, what it's going to look like in October. Cause we don't know. Right. But um, it, it on paper is a is a tougher schedule, but you know again we'll see. But I, I do think there's reason to believe that they will be better, and I think there's reason to say. But you got to. You know, there are other things you say, but this has to go right for them, and this person has to make an impact, whether it's Bienemy or Howell or you know or Br- Brian Robinson. Here's another one. You know, he was shot. And, yeah. and he missed four games because of it. And then it's not like you come back and you're who you were when before you got shot. It takes a little bit of time. So where is he at with everything? And and does 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 this help him? You know, we'll, we'll see. So, you know, I think there's there are reasons where you can say if you want to be optimistic, you can say that. And I think and if you have concerns that those are legit, too, because, again, we're not talking about a 12 win team. We're talking about eight, eight and one, which means you can go this way. You can go this way. But yeah, I was going like, to also say the enemy thing is a big change for them. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think one of the big things for me is like when you look around the division, I think nationally, the pe- the teams in the division made a lot of like big moves. You know, they, right. you know, right. Waller to New York, uh, obviously Philly's draft and the free agents are able to bring in and, you know, Dallas trading for cooks and kind of making more splash slash flash moves. And I think a lot of people nationally say, well, obviously those teams are going to be better. They've added better players. And there's a huge element to that. But then, you know, again, I think back to the the Giants last year. And I remember on our podcast, we did like a recap of the Giants offseason. And the one thing we settled on is, well, like they changed both coordinators and they've got a new head coach. And that was the most significant change in those teams. Right. So, again, I think people forget about uh, EB and what he could right. potentially bring. But I, I also think that, like, to your point, like it's 
it's a it's a every everything about this roster is a projection. Like I personally think that Quay Martin is or Quan Martin, excuse me, is like maybe the most significant piece for this defense. But like you said, even that piece, which is a second round pick, is a projection because it allows yeah. you, it gives you depth, even at linebacker, having a piece like that. Because it maybe Forrest can move in there, or you right. know, Percy Butler can play the post and Cam. So, but like that, that thing, that linchpin for the defense is in a player who's twenty two or twenty three years old. So, I, again, I think it's there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic, a lot of things to be very excited about. But ultimately, it's like we don't know, and there. There are good bets and there are bad bets. And sometimes I think, you know, the optimism is a little unrealistic for the local media. And I'm including myself in that because I'm, I'm also more op- optimistic than 27th, quite frankly. But, right. And I just would like to like, point out real quick. I'm not saying that people should have their top 10, right? No, no, I no, just, no, no. I just think that it should like there's a really good chance that they finish around the same record that they do last year, maybe a little bit better. If, if all the things that we're talking about go well, they probably still cap out an 11 or 12 win team. Like, I'm not telling you this is a 14 win one C right. football team. If everything goes, I mean, if everything goes unbelievable and Sam Howell is like literally young Russell Wilson. Sure. We can talk about it, but that's not what I'm projecting. I just, I am like miffed at the fact that people think this is going to be one of the worst teams in the league when it is largely unchanged uh, in some key like set the floor spots from last year. And it has changed in the spots that were trouble in ways that obviously in May we think are better, but we'll see. 